thank you all to those who have joined in this session of the third annual Global Sustainable Supply Chain Pledge Day. I would like to welcome our next speakers to the stage. It is the Director of Sustainable Food and Agriculture Systems at UN Global Compact, and we are so excited to have you here today. Thank you so much, Madison. My name is uh, Knut Mofte. Uh, I am coming to your living room from Norway. I lead a coalition of 34 countries on transforming the food and agricultural system. And the UN Global Compact is the UN private sector initiative. We are trying to transform business world. We're trying to reach the SDGs using the private sector as a tool. We have to engage and we have to let companies do what companies do, which is provide solutions. And we have to go away from looking at the private sector only as a problem and see them as a true partner in actually solving some of these issues. Yes, there will be regulations. Yes, there will be illegal demands. But we have to look at the creative power that the private sector has brought. And there is no solving this. There is no reaching the SDGs without the private sector. They're, they're not the, there's not enough money in the, in the public offers of the world to, to reach the SDGs without making sustainability into a business opportunity and convincing businesses, showing business. Well, it's not even convincing them because it's, it is uh, a fact now that sustainability and the SDGs is the roadmap or the future of business. All sustainability is saying, we have issues in our supply chain. Let's say it's deforestation in my supply chain. My job is not, as a supply chain manager, to divest from that company. It's not only investing in the companies that are doing it. It's actually setting demands of the companies that are not delivering right now and asking them for a concrete and doable plan on how to become compliant and actually engaging as a buyer, as a large multinational, as a, um, a supply chain manager with those companies and helping them come compliant. And that could have an enormous effect. So if we, and I'm going to use an example from, from, from what I work with, one of the largest purchasers of alcohol in the world, and I mean wine and spirits, they had to do a human rights due diligence because of uh, law regulation. And they found possible human rights violations in their supply chain in Africa. The normal reaction to a company or from a company would be reputational risk. We need to get out divestment. But that company said, no, no, we have a social responsibility and a responsibility as a large purchaser, the largest purchaser. We will go to those farms that produce the grapes in this case. Uh, uh, yeah, I have stopped doing the presentation. Grapes in this case. And we will tell them, you are not in compliance today, but you will still be able to sell wine to us with the condition that you deliver on a plan to how you're going to fix this problem, increase labor rights, Increase uh, or respect human rights, and you have this time to do it, and we will work with you. that initiative. Is now changing the wine industry of a whole ton from one purchase, and it does not help the workers, the seasonal farm workers, the people at the bottom of the bottom of the bottom of the table. If you divest, 
it does not did not help well it helped a bit but when all the 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 responsible companies stopped producing in some of the 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 stop producing somewhere it doesn't mean that the problem goes away it just means that you take it out of the side and if i can have one call to action one call to action that is take responsibility for your supply chain and implement transition thinking where you help companies organizations small producers smallholder farmers to deliver on the expectations you have for them then if we use that power preferably with within your sector collaborative efforts then we can truly have an impact and then it will not only be reduction of our own target then it will be actually be making the world into a better place hope that uh, we can all have a superpower and that superpower be transition thinking it's about caring about your supply chain caring about the people in that supply chain it's not the number it, it it's people i do have one question here for you and it would be what is your advice to maybe a supply chain manager who doesn't quite feel like a superhero that's facing a lot of uh, challenges to uh, making the sustainable transformation that they'd hoped for? Yeah, that uh, is the question. And we use something um, that we jokingly call the sandwich method. It is uh, we go, uh, we access the top with CEO event. CFO task force, CEO water mandate, high-level meetings. We get to the bottom where we have uh, our YSIP program, Young Sustainable Innovators program, where we get young people, uh, 35 and under, to work for six months on innovative challenges within the sustainability and everything in between. So it has to be a comprehensive program because we need to think about um, sustainability not as a sustainability department that has to be sprinkled on top at the end. It has to permeate the whole organization. And every organization, every part of the organization needs to work on sustainability. So, now, that was the, the overarching argument. And uh, so how do we do that exactly? Well, we send our CFO to the CFO task force, where the CFO, the CFO will meet other CFOs that have exactly the same questions, that, uh, that maybe some of the companies they look up to, maybe some of the people they know from high school, in the, the, and they can speak the CFO language. And then they can talk about the CFO problems and, and the CFO solutions and all that. And they there will get the arguments that they need to actually implement it. Because what the CFO wants, and, and I think this comes with what's in it for them. Well, the CFO... And, and I, I noticed this, especially on CFO, that used to be quite critical to you. And you see, are we going to pay for uh, to, to, to do all this work? Uh, they should pay us for the, all that work. Was the the, the, the the statement of the day. Now, when I have a... Uh, when I, and I would normally meet with a sustainability person. I would say, oh, well, how can I convince my, my CFO? Now, many of the CFO come to the first meeting and say, oh, all our competitors are accessing green capital or sustainability-linked bonds. How can we do that? And I think that's the key question. What's in it for them? And there is something in it. Not only the so social responsibility part of making the world a better place, there is actually business sense. It makes business sense. Where it makes no business sense to not do it. And all your competitors are going to do it. 
your supply chain is going to demand it, access to market is going to demand it, and finance is going to Even now in this ESG backlash, as they're calling it, sustainability finance is growing, and it's going to grow. And soon there's not going to be any ESG finance. It's going to be finance, and everything else is not going to be on the table. And you don't want to be under that table anymore. So that is the argument. Go for it. Be an internal hero. Get the allies and come to the UNGC for help. That's great. Thank you so much. I think that's so important and definitely something that um, we speak about at ICEA as well. Knowing that, you know, the profit and the planet are not, you know, they're not mutually exclusive. You can find benefits in them both. And as long as you learn and see that there are ways in which long-term profit is the goal here. And it, it's true that it makes business sense to implement these sustainability measures because like you said, the competitors are doing it. And I just had this conversation at a conference in New York as well. And it, if you're not, you know, you're not making the change, like you said, you don't want to be under that table. You're going to get left behind if you already haven't been. Um, you know, this transformation in sustainability, I think is making such a rapid um, stride and so it really is, how can we do it? And I think that's something that's so important and, and really helpful to know that not only is it just the supply chain managers that are wanting to make this change, it's not just the sustainability managers, it's also the top level management as well. And as long as you can communicate that to them and show them that there is a benefit there for everyone involved, we're on a great path towards a sustainable future. I'm I really want to say thank quick, you. quick example. Yeah. Rabobank, one of the largest investors in the food learning culture sector, has said by 2025, all our customers have to have said forestry, land, and agriculture guidance science-based targets. This means zero-day forestation. If you want access to one of the largest banks, you need to do that. And we're using that more and more with the purchasing power. And now Walmart is going there. And now many of the biggest uh, uh, retailers are going there. So it's, it's better to do it now than to wait. Because waiting will be too late. That is so true. And I do want to say thank you so much to the United Nations Global Compact for making this transformation, uh, you know, possible and putting the resources out there to really show us how we can make that transition that we're hoping to make. And um, I really appreciate you joining in today.